Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Married a Glock to the clip. We are impossibly sick. We are the atrocity that carried the mosh to the pit. Hello, everyone. It is the 19th of January, 2022. It is time for Morning Combat. My name is Luke Thomas. I am merely one half of your hosting duo. I join you from the nation's capital here in Los Estados Unidos, but I am also, as always, joined by the Viceroy, the Prince of Connecticut, my friend and yours. It is Senior Dragon Ball Bag. I just made that up. Brian Campbell. Hi, Brian. How are you, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, Luke. Uh, you know, great to be back in the live setting. Great to be back on this side of the light. I know you had that nice, cute little rap lyric to open the show about how sick we were. I thought HIPAA laws would prevent you from telling the people that I just Gramby rolled out of that COVID death. <laughs> I didn't. Lock, I didn't. Brother. I didn't. I didn't yeah, mean it that way. Yeah. But now that you bring it up, yeah, there's that too. All right, no cauliflower dick for me, Luke. I made it through, but it was it was uh it was difficult. But uh, shout out to all the other COVID survivors out there. Great to be back. I know, Luke. We hit people between the eyes lately with some pre-taped magic, and we got more to come. And somehow, Luke, I've heard some. Have you have you heard the complainers slip through there? They're like, oh shit, another day without a live episode, man. This show's really gone downhill. Do you guys have any idea how good that shit is we did with Chuck Mindenhall? I mean, come on. That's I know. Better what than were we going to say? Though, you right? got a post fight show, at least for me, on Saturday night. Then we did the Monday resume review. And then Tuesday, you got a fucking pregame. Like, what else were we going to say? Yeah. I guess, Brian, if you want to weigh in on Cater versus Chikadze, it floors yours. But other than that, like, what the fuck are we missing? I- I'd like to. I'd like to weigh in on your bloodstream during that uh, post-fight show. <laughs> that's you know. Okay, that's a, that's can I be honest with that real quick? On no one's gonna believe I... me, but I'll give you. I on my mother, I will swear swear to you the truth. Okay, people thought I was high as fuck off Delta Eight gummies on that uh, post-fight show. Here's the reality. <laughs> yeah. Earlier that day, I was definitely, definitely high as balls on gummies, and I know my eyes were red and I was tired, but it's true. I swear, my mother. I actually was a little bit past that point. I was actually on the come down. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I, I thought you were going to try to, like, redeem your brand and your job and be like, guys, I, I had an allergic reaction. You're like, no, I, I actually was high as balls just before that, not, not right. at that time, you know. Hey, Luke, how, first of all, first of all, if people didn't listen, Luke, can we just put ourselves over? Resume review with Francis Ngannou and Chuck Mendenhall. Check it out on Morning Combat or YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. And how about that pregame preview where we did a little real talk with Chuck on the couches, Luke? Um, we're hitting people right in the ball bag with great content. And do you want to tease this other shit we got going? I don't want well, to steal we your have, rundown we, from we, here, So but, we uh, told you guys when we were up there last week, we did the Monday show and then the Wednesday show. But we did a lot of stuff in between. You've seen two of those pieces already with the resume review and, of course, the pregame preview. We have one more for you. We have a video clip where I think we're about to share here. Welcome to a new segment on Morning Combat. It's called High Court. All rise. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm farting. He's out of order. 
Welcome to the High Court, the latest segment on Morning Combat's award-winning show. There you have it, BC. We we do stupid <laughs> shit and get paid to do it. Uh, that comes out this Thursday. That's tomorrow, this Thursday. YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. And Luke, just to be completely, you know, up front... The high in that reference has really nothing to do with THC. Not you know necessarily. It's more about upholding the levels of the law. Uh, that's all I can say about that segment, Luke. It's either I've, I've said this to you over text. It's either the best thing we've ever done, or we just jumped the shark and, yeah. and we had a good run. So we'll see what that what that feels yeah, that, like. That'll be different. Like. By the way, all the right. topic for High Court won't necessarily be related to like fight week stuff. So look for that one to be slightly different. That'll be out tomorrow. Okay, as always, if you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up on the video, hit subscribe. If you're listening on any podcast platform, whether that is Apple or Spotify, whatever it may be, leave us a nice review there if you are so inclined. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the lower thirds there about places to give us follows on social and our, our entreaties about podcasts. Uh, the email, morningcombat at gmail.com. That's for Wednesday's Dead Wrong. Excuse me, Wednesday's Fan Subs, Friday's Dead Wrong. Always be sure to get those in. Showtime is the label that pays us. Give them a consideration. You can do it for free. Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you may move on to do something else with your life. And of course, BC, what do we got going on at morningcombat.store? I'm wearing some new merch. So are you. Look at this. Oh, oh shit. Look at this. Yeah, we just talked to uh, RJ Dragonmaster, our merch maven, Luke, who's, who's on a great run. I mean, we told him, Luke, we'd run him out of a job instantly if he turned on us. But right now, you can go to morningcombat.store, get this great shirt. The one Luke's wearing, I'm not, I don't think it's ready, but here's the great news. Next Wednesday, a week from today, we are launching a whole new line that, of stuff that Luke and I sampled. We did a little photo shoot last week in Jersey City. It's 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 some good shit coming your way. So get on there today. You can pick up this great Luke. Does this look like an like a a sphincter on my chest or or, or the logo of our show? Either way, I think it'll hit. We with could our maybe audience. use that one the next time we go to Cleveland. We could put some steam around it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, but Luke. Uh, we got, you know, it's great. Look, I think our merch is catching up with our personality. It definitely and that's is. great. Okay. Well, we do have a Wednesday show to get to. This will be a fun show today. So, because we did not have a live Monday show today, we're going to get to our five major topics. Plus, we're going to do fan subs. Plus, BC has a special edition of Have You Seen This Shit? It's a Wednesday edition of Have You Seen This Shit? Plus, fan subs, plus our discussion. We have a lot to get to. BC, you ready to go? Yeah, and you asked me what I... I'll give you 10 seconds on Cater. Uh, I was wrong, and good Lord, Calvin Cater. Y'all must have forgot. Yeah, your boy BC forgot. Well done, sir. That that absolute New England savage, yeah, well, Luke. By the way, wow. what, what grade wow. would you give Chikadze's performance? He, it turned out, in the end, we did not know this. We were wrong, both of us. It turned out he was overmatched, but I still am pretty high on him. What about you? Well, yeah, I mean, look at the... How, who, tell me a, a great fighter who hasn't had that early loss to sort of check himself and, and give you the right. opportunity to adjust. But, Luke, I don't score this that high, though. I mean, I know he still hung in there and was competitive and had moments, but he got handled across, you yes. know, all five tools. And going from the three- to five-round distance sometimes exposes that in you. Uh, I, I fear the beating he took, Luke, for, for sure. But I get what you're saying. There was still some some things to like within it, but... To me, this is a, a step down because Cater was that good, man. 
I mean, dude, he humbled yeah, the shit out of that guy. Based on what you saw from Cater here in terms of his five-round performance, right, in a winning case, obviously, the one against Max was not so great. Do you think he would have beaten Zabit had that fight gone five rounds? You're a fu- you fucking fraud. Are you kidding me? He was absolutely going to win that. I, dude, I love Zabit. Look, I... Look, Cater, Cater looked good in that Zabib fight, especially late in it, Luke. Okay, but no, I, you know, he's built different. You know, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stand on that hill holding the Zabib flag until the oncoming army right, takes right, me out. Let's get to this right, topic Luke. number one. Let's start here. Francis Ngannou <sighs> versus Cyril Gaon is, of course, the main fight this weekend. Main fight this month, really. Although Bellator should be noted is having a heavyweight title fight later this month, so you're seeing some heavyweight interim and uh, major title unification on both sides of the equation here. But as it relates to UFC, BC, we've got some clips from our friend Shaq. We'll get to those in just a second. We've done a lot of previewing of this fight. So the main question I want to ask you is, ultimately... We know what this fight is about. It's about unifying the heavyweight and the interim titles. I think BC is having a... I think he just sharded or something. I'm not sure what's going on over there. But the question is, like, what beyond that? Give me, like, 30 seconds, Luke. Talk amongst yourselves for, like, 30 seconds. Well, you go plug plug something in. So there's a question about what more... um, what, what really is this ultimately about? Is this a is this a grudge match between former training partners? Does this really decide who the actual best heavyweight in the world is since John Jones... And Stipe are not there. When you think about this fight, BC, and I realize you're still scrambling over there, what do you think of as the operative way in which you understand this fight? When you frame this fight to someone who doesn't know what ultimately is on the line or what it's about, how do you explain this to them? So I like this question, Luke, because I don't have like a knee-jerk response reaction of one topic or one, you know, narrative painting narratives that that covers this whole thing because there's so many great elements that make it so great from the backstory to what this could define for the future of the division to Ngannou's contract situation. I mean, we are over flooded. But if I want to answer your question by saying, what do I think is the one storyline that edges above the rest for me or the best way I'd sell it to somebody, as you asked, you know, to a casual fan, why should I care about this fight? You know, I don't put a lot of stock in the unification bout. We talked a part of it. We talked about that. It's just, you know, whatever. But this is a style contrast between two guys really, you know, in their absolute primes that both appear that they could, like we talked about in in the pregame preview with Chuck, the winner of this could go on for like a five-year run and not lose at heavyweight. The winner of this fight could be the absolute face and future of the division Yet they're opposite style clashes coming together of the most violent destroyer this sport's ever seen against really the one guy with the perfectly fueled to disarm that style. I mean, just you look at central casting in terms of style, you could not get better than what we have right here because there's nobody as dangerous as Nganu, really, in all of combat sports, you know, maybe outside of when Deontay Wilder was on that run. But there's nobody else on this planet who you could really favor over Francis at this moment beyond beyond Gon. I mean, like, okay, John Jones, we're trying to figure out what he'd look like. Gon's that only dude that can do this. That, to me, at the end of the day, Luke, is the best way to sell the fight and the biggest reason why I'm so giddy entering Saturday. Not just, oh, I love MMA. Here's a crafty, great fight. No, like, this feels like it's like something like it. However, it ends. 
the the ramifications from that are going to be massive. Do you feel like this fight is one versus two at heavyweight? Whoever you want to say is one and two, depending on, you know, obviously Francis is ranked uh, well above that because he's champion. But in your mind, is this between the two best heavyweights on earth? Yeah, yeah. There, I, I mean, until we see John Jones, we of course, one one thousand percent. We just, I think, you know, I love Stipe. He's accomplished everything. I've counted them out a million times. But how could you okay. not say? I, that? I, I think it's probably one versus two in heavyweight. Although it's a little hard to say because we don't know exactly how Stipe matches up with Gone. Although I would favor Gone to win, and certainly Stipe didn't do all that great in the rematch. But the thing that stands out to me about this fight that I really want to talk about, BC, is. A lot of the, even Dana White recently, I forget where he did it. Maybe it was on Jim Rohn's show or somebody else's. Maybe it was with um, um, Presidente over at Barstool, but Dave Portnoy. But uh, he had basically said, like, this is technician versus physical beast. And even Fernand Lopez, who has coached both of these guys, has said that. But I really don't like the framing of that. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. Both directions. Number one. Cyril Ghosn, yes, obviously, is as technical as everyone makes him out to be and is certainly as smart as everyone makes him out to be. But he's a physical fucking beast, too. He doesn't rely on it. It doesn't show all the time. It's not this ever-present fear he's going to lord over you. But certainly to the extent that he need it, he needs it to make his game work, he brings it to life. Conversely, when you talk about Francis Ngannou, there's this discussion about his physical attributes. And it should be noted, BC, yes, they are as real as advertised. He is just so punishing a puncher. He's the most punishing puncher in MMA I've ever seen. I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, but at the same time, when you just look at what he's done, especially in that second Stipe fight and the levels at which he has raised his game, it just seems to me that brawn versus brains, while it's an easy way to describe this, and you know, I can understand as a sales point why you might go to that uh, lacking of a nuance kind of convention, but it's just not the reality of this fight. I mean, yes, in the end, I think if Cyril Gon wins, he's going to win on his smarts. But I don't think if Francis wins, he BC, he obviously at any point, if he lands clean, can win on his physical attributes. But I think if he does land clean on a guy like Cyril, it's because of the smarts that he would have used, the technical and strategic applications yeah. he would have used to find that clean opening. And I just don't want that to get lost. Yeah, I think you know what I want to say off of that is like, Let's be fair. This isn't Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, where if you're Wilder, it's like, you know, Fury's got to be perfect for, you know, every second. I only need to be perfect for one because Ngannou's better than that. And I think we saw that in the Stipe rematch, but it's still at its at its basis is that as well. And you mentioned Gon's size, which I think is in, in his bulk and his strength. Would you say that's as undervalued to to what makes him this elite and this great in the same level that like John Jones's reach at light heavyweight, John was already like the greatest of all time. And, and he's so great in so many character areas, but that reach advantage just made him like extra special, hard to, to destroy. That might be the case for gone because even though I don't look at him as a finisher, despite knocking out uh, Derek Lewis and dominating him, um, it's really like, you're not going to, you're not going to body him in the clinch. You're not going to maul him on the ground Six four and a half and, and built like Anthony Joshua. I mean, that's a a real sneaky part of what makes it hard to just dismiss him. Even if you're picking Ngannou to just dismiss, you know, Ghana as as anything short of. Also, the really last thing I'd say on this BC, the thing that stands out for me that I just don't want folks to lose. It sounds a little silly, but I do think it's true. How many times can you say you're watching a heavyweight fight between at least arguably number one and number two? 
and both guys have abs. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you just don't see guys who are in this kind of athletic shape, yeah. who are also this well-trained, this developed into their careers as heavyweights, who look like this. And I don't mean just look as like, oh, they cut their carbs to look a certain way on a poster. No, dude. They're athletes to the point where when they just train normally, they get fucking shredded. You don't see a lot of heavyweight fights, dude, where the poster is both dudes looking like comic book characters. You get special fights sometimes when that happens. You get one of those on Saturday. Yeah, what you're saying is this ain't Paul Buenatello, Luke. That's Buen what you're saying right no, there. Would you say that Buen-tello. this is... You know, I can I can pronounce things, Luke, also th- you know, however I want, okay. okay? First of all. Second of all, does this matchup remind you of, like, 2003 Tim Duncan and Cyril <laughs> Gahn against, like, prime the year 2000 Shaquille O'Neal, Luke? This is That's what it kind of feels like, comparison. right? comparison. Do you remember when, was it, was it Olajuwon and Shaq who had the one-on-one bet for Taco Bell or some shit? Remember that? I, I don't know about the Taco Bell tie-in. I yeah. just know they, they, they played each other in the 95 like finals. One thing. But right. you're right, dude. That's exactly... I think that's a great comparison. Where Shaq was just this fucking force of nature. And Olajuwon, obviously tall, athletic, and everything else. But what had the, it was just so smooth and clever and could shoot from the outside and all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, that's funny. That's a, that's a great way to compare it. By the way, we'll say, Francis, uh, we'll talk about this more on Friday when we talk X's and O's. Slight reach advantage, two inches, two inches. You think that matters? Yeah. Again, gone with the sneaky-ass long arms, too. Luke, you know what I love about this fight from the standpoint of you and I debating it ahead of time is I feel, uh, with no hesitation, I can say publicly that you underestimate how great Francis Ngannou might be if that if that night of against Stipe in the rematch is not an aberration. Like, he might, like, you know, I'm telling you, this guy might be the biggest nightmare combat sports has ever seen, and I don't think you get that. And on the flip side, I know you think I can watch tape of Cyril Ghosn and just not hear Jimmy and just not know what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So it brings together so many different sides of the fan bases based on what your style and flavor and your taste is. I mean, this is, you know... 100 mile an hour heat against against a hard breaking ball. This is, I love this shit, Luke. I love it because I think you, Luke, I think you fucking missed it, bro. I think you missed it, dude. And God is going to go in there, spoiler alert for Friday's preview, and knock this guy the fuck out. Whether he does it dominantly or whether he does it almost by accident, Luke, he's a feral beast of the highest genetic order. And oh, by the way, Luke, he has calluses on his shoulders and back from being (laughs) fucked around. So you know what he's been doing all this time? Training like a beast, living in Brett Okamoto's old house, not giving a fuck, Luke. He's gonna come out there and Wait, destroy is he really this guy. That's my old house? BC casual take is of the he year. In Brett okay, old house? Luke. Yes, I, I think they don't like that publicly. In fact, I asked Francis about that during an interview, and he he no sold me so hard that I had Mikey Mormal, our producer, edit out the question <laughs> and answer afterwards. It was, you know, he did, by the way, Francis did the interview from his car that day yeah, too. Thanks, so it was guys. just I always weird. appreciate when you do it from cars and then you open them and we can hear the beeping. That's always a great time. Uh, another thing I want to talk oh, about yeah. this fight here, BC, uh, uh, between these two, let's talk about what happens if they win. Who is, or maybe it doesn't matter, who is more likely with a victory to pull John Jones out of retirement or whatever the fuck you want to call this? Or is the answer, it doesn't matter, he's going to be gunning for the winner? Okay, the, the answer might be, it doesn't matter. Not only is he going to be gunning for the winner, but it just makes the most sense business-wise. John's been out too long. If John wants big money, 
fight the champion for the big money. So that that may happen anyway. But Luke, I think what's interesting is it, it, it might also depend on how they look and how it happens. Because if Francis wins, that's the most amount of money John can make right now. I, I mean, you know, short of short of fighting Conor McGregor, right? I mean, like they, they, that that's a monster fight. Even if people think you and I have overblown the, the pay-per-view potential, I saw some people commenting and saying, hey guys, DC versus John Jones 2 struggled to sell 900 k yeah, that's, that's still a okay. fucking home it was a different time. by any measurement. It, true, but it was a different time, different situation and circumstance. But my point is this. If Ngannou wins, he's the biggest prize, so it may happen. But could John say to himself if Ngannou destroys Gan, hey, maybe I'll come back against Stipe first. You know what I mean? It could be. What if Gan wins and wins a decision and we hail him as, you know, the he tamed the beast, but he doesn't look dangerous. And John Jones can see that and go, oh, I, c- I, could, I could figure that out. It kind of depends, Luke. But, you know, money will probably dictate it more than I'm afraid of this guy or let me strategically plan my right, debut so around this. I, before we move on to this, I do want to talk about Francis. Because if Francis wins or loses, there's a whole lot of different permutations that could develop. And all of them have pretty significant implications. So let's start with the reality be here, BC. Let's say Francis wins. Wins, you know, if not dominantly, like there's no question about who won by the time he gets his hand raised kind of a scenario. Does he re-sign? Uh, or what does he do? How, how does that? How does him winning affect his future? Okay, so we are both under the working assumption, based on either facts or educated takes by the John Nash types, that if Francis wins, he get the championship clause will kick in a certain number of uh, of automatic extra fights. Is that true? Yes. Okay, I believe so, that's true. Um, They've changed some things recently, but wins, historically that's been true. I think if he wins, Luke, it's like 95% that he returns to the UFC. There would still be need work to be done, not only on negotiating a new deal, but I think even further on the UFC showing some sincere interim good faith to Francis, meaning this. Francis wins, we'll say, okay, we'll sit down, we're going to get you a new deal, let's figure it out. But Francis really wants certain things, Luke. One of them seeming to be that boxing match, which we can debate ad nauseum whether we really think Dana would work with Bob Arum and make a Tyson Fury versus you know Francis thing that would make a lot of money, but would be weird, and Francis couldn't win it. Or is there just you know some bag of cash that they can give him in the interim that just makes everyone happy? I say that because I really believe Luke that winning cures everything. It cures locker room issues, and financially, I think if Francis goes out there and knocks him out. He's in another tax bracket already because of that, right? He's like, he he will have completely fulfilled every inch of his potential in this short term right here. So he's going to demand the money. He's going to get it. Everyone's going to be happy. We'll move forward. It's really about the loss, Luke, to me, over everything. You know, can they still, if he loses, could they still promise him enough to where he goes, yeah, this is still my best move? Or, or, or how angry is he? I'm not sure, Luke. All we get are, you know, interviews in which he's talking generally about it. Dana saying he ran into him at a steakhouse and he repaired everything. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know about that believe. either. Okay, I generally agree with your analysis about what happens if he wins. But the one that gets more interesting is what happens if he loses. Now, again, I'm not going to say he gets, you know, completely demolished. But let's say in the end, gone wins and everyone basically agrees the right guy won. Now, what happens? What is your best sense of things? Because, right, you have to ask yourself, what is the best chance for, for Francis to make the most 
out of 33 to let's say 37, 38? Is it staying with UFC or is it doing something else? Or do you even think, is there a scenario BC where he could leave UFC and then go back? Some people have done that. That has happened before, but it happened in a very different kind of era. What's your sense? Like UFC, folks may not know this, UFC had a huge beef with BJ Penn back in the day because he, I think, was was champion and wanted, they wanted him to defend it. He said, fuck it, drop the title, and then went to K1 anyway. Uh, you know, And then he was brought back at a later time. So they have had that, but Francis just seems like, I don't, they're in no man's land right now. Well, let me, let me ask you this. You know, let me, let me follow a certain carpenter and, and answer your question with a question by saying... Is there a level to how Nganu loses, to how he looks in defeat that could alter the power of his brand into free agency where that he would be smart enough to identify that and say, you know what, my best course of action might actually be Stipe Trilogy, try to lure John Jones, or, you know, whatever, in terms of transitioning out. What if he gets completely solved by Gan and he gasses out and he struggles to make the finish line for a wide decision loss? He may have to come back, Luke, right? I mean, you know, you're always going to get money from a Bellator or a PFL, but can you get everything and the potential of everything you're looking well, for? Well, he could get that? the boxing potentially with that. I mean, if you lose, right, A, the interest in a potential Tyson Fury fight, however remote that might be, that goes away, right? So you have to win for at least that to be on the table. And is it even really plausible um, with a win with UFC? Like, they're really going to bend over backwards like they did for Connor that one time for Floyd I mean that seems unlikely as well I I just don't know the thing you have to ask yourself if you're if you're Francis here is again he's 33 I think or roughly he's, he can probably go to about 37 30 he's, he's 35, 35 Luke you, you don't have to wait till Friday to get to get dead wrong you've been saying for a week well, he's me, 33 Luke let me let I mean, me just verify your fucking fake news no. all right he's 35 uh, you you're verifying all the dons so whatever Long, okay, even then, even then, like, where are you going to go for the next five years to make that kind of money? Unless you can really blaze a path that hasn't been blazed before where, you know, you do the celebrity kind of thing where maybe that's an option for you. You could do it, but the reality just remains. Where are you going to make the majority of your money? Unless he's got a really careful plan, the answer is Let me ask you this, Luke. Let me ask you this. Is there a lane in which he could become kind of a fedor in a sense that let's say he goes elsewhere. Okay. does boxing does trailer try whatever, but inevitably he'll end up doing MMA. Let's say he goes to Bellator wins the heavyweight championship and just like destroys everybody like Bader rumble Moldovsky, I mean, whoever they can put at him. I mean, just, just destroying people. Can he in short time sort of develop this fedor mysterious must see, but not in the UFC reputation that could either fuel a big money return or just be enough on its own to be like, you know what? I'm in control of my destiny. I've made the right I think if move. he gets audited, it's kind of hard. I think if he loses, but there's something redemptive about it, it's not that big a, or it won't be as big a deal. I mean, here's the thing that you got to remember about Francis, dude. Even if he gets audited by Cyril, which again may not happen, but let's say that he does. Dude, it's not like we, we don't know if he can beat anybody else. This is not some Marlon Moraes situation where... Once your style is kind of figured out, it's hard to know exactly who you can beat at that point. We already know we can beat. The answer is probably everybody else, right? It's everybody else. So then you have to ask yourself, if you've <clears> lost <throat> to a guy, what does the loss tell you about your chances here and what the best situation is? Because there can be a situation where he loses controversially and still decides to go 
knowing that there's just a fresh set of opponents he can box on CBS or whatever the you know some situation they could invent for him. It's it's very very complicated about what could happen here depending on the the nature of a win or a loss and how those things look. I just mean to say it's he's in a he's in a he's in a a, a many ways an enviable spot, in many ways an unenviable spot, given the uncertainty in the battle with the promoters and where the money is in combat sports and what kind of access he actually has to it, you know? I think that's all fair. Real quickly, to close that point, I know if Francis wins and if this boxing thing ever did take shape, let's say Disney got involved and was like, look, Dana, we need you to do this. Um, Francis versus Tyson Fury, even with a four-ounce glove. Look, okay, you know, it's it, you'll see it. You, there's something there to see, but nobody's going to be excited. Would you be a lot more excited just from a competitive standpoint if it was like Deontay Wilder against Francis Ngannou? Yeah, because or even somebody else. Even, well, I won't say even Joshua, but I'll say like a Ruiz or something like that where you know that Francis has a pretty good chin and you know he can hit hard. That might be valuable. Against Tyson Fury, it's like, dude, what the fuck is the point? You're going to get demolished. But um, yes, that would change things a little bit for me. But, you know, top rank has Tyson. Top rank doesn't have Deontay. Top rank doesn't have Andy Ruiz. Top rank doesn't have a lot of these guys. So we'll see. Y'all, y'all let all prick. prick. Shut the fuck up. All right, topic number two. The rest of the UFC 270 storylines. BC, we said this on... I'm not sure how much more we can say about it. Honestly, this co-main event, it's a great flyweight fight. I think most people expect Brandon Moreno to win, but there is not a lot of buzz about this fight whatsoever. I think the hardcores, <clears throat> the hardcores seem to respect it. I don't see people shitting on it, but I don't see people yeah. like up in arms it's a great way to say it, it either. You respect it because you know what you're going to get and it's in all that. But, and I'm not saying this to devalue Figueredo because I'm going to bring up a Figueredo question in a second to show you how much I'm not devaluing here. But like, there's a, you know, a working narrative that like, okay, UFC might feel like this is the time to kind of cash out the extreme value of the 125 main eventing version of Figueredo and Brandon Marito's coming and it's the, they're going to get action. Even beyond that selling point, Luke, I want to ask you this. It's not getting the love it deserves. It's also not a fight that that is needed. It, it's got some Kamaru Masvidal two feels to a smaller degree. But are we overlooking this part of Davis and Figueroa's chances? The Henry Cejudo factor. Now, do you you remember when Zhang Wei Li brought in Henry Cejudo for her last camp in the Rosary match? And we were, and you know it was sort of like, hey, look, hipster sneaky storyline here. What if the combination of Suhudo and, and the captain, Eric Elbarasin, can, you know, really fill the missing holes in a Trevor Whitman type way, but almost in reverse? And Luke, we kind of saw that. You, you can make a strong case that Whaley beat Rose in the rematch, and she sort of filled some holes and rounded out her game. It, it, could this be that fountain of youth drink, not that he's old, that Figueredo could, could need to to be a larger threat in this rematch in this trilogy bout than we're than well, we're realizing he's, old. he's 34 and at 125 that's if that's yeah that's old that's old there. for that and age Brandon yeah, you're, Marino, right. you're right in december turned 28 he just turned 28 i mean you have to ask yourself right like, these guys fought when they fought moreno and figueredo they fought the first time in december of 2020 back when he was what 26 uh or right around that moment then they fought in June of 2021. So they fought about seven months later, give or take. 
And the difference between them was extraordinary. In just seven months, look at how much better Brandon Moreno was. He is at the point where he's entering, or he's maybe at, but certainly at the very beginning stages of his true physical prime in MMA. And you're seeing evidence of in quick succession, right? We've talked about these guys at 26, 27, 28, where they get better so much faster. If you're at 34 and 125, you, you, can, you can definitely change cha- tactics, and you can pick up a couple of different things along the way. That part is true. But you are more or less at the technical peak of what you're ever going to become. That is about as far, more or less, at that weight class as you are going to go. That's not the case whatsoever for a guy like Brandon Moreno. You already saw the progress. You have much more in front of him. I like Brandon Moreno big, and I think a lot of people kind of expect that based on the fact that whatever else we've said. And on top of it, BC, you know this, a lot of MMA trilogies, whoever wins the second one, it usually decides the third I don't see why it would be any different. Well, I want uh, hold hold that thought. Hold that thought for one second. You didn't answer the core of my question, though, beyond saying rightfully that Moreno should be the favorite, and to some degree, you could even go further and say, man, he might even finish him quicker. Yeah. I, I don't know, but you don't think this Hudo Elbersine factor I, I means mean, I didn't answer it directly, here, but I sort of did. Like the answer would be like, do I respect the abilities of someone like Henry Cejudo and Eric Elbersine? Yes, of course I do. Um, and I thought that there was a real noticeable difference in Zhang Wiley, to your point. Absolutely. Take it seriously. This is not something where Brandon Moreno could just show up and win no matter what he does. I don't believe that. I think he's going to have to earn it. I don't think necessarily he'll finish Devison quicker. I just don't think that the outcome will necessarily change. A little bit different. But what I would say to the question about Cejudo, yeah, dude, I think he can do a lot. But at age 34, how much can even the very best coach on earth do for you? The answer is some. The answer is potentially enough to change your fortunes but not much is the answer there's only a little bit they can do for you once you get to that advanced developed stage and and i just you you have to to realize that to your point on all on on great trilogies in boxing and mma we don't have like stats in front of us to prove it but i would guess to your point that the fighter who wins the second fight historically has a larger percentage of winning the third, which is part of what Figueredo's up against, along with the age and the fact that Moreno's a stock that's rising. But I'd like to see the specific percentages in big fight history of someone who got finished in the second fight and then came back to win the third. Along with regaining the title at 34, this would be huge for a sort of like Figueredo's legacy and all that. Look, this would be a monumental task if you come back from getting finished and then you beat the younger person who's on the rise yes, in the trilogy. there's no doubt about that. That would be absolutely fucking huge if he did. And if they did that, shit, they might fight a fourth time, to be honest with you. We, we might start getting... I mean, who... Has that ever happened? Am, am I forgetting somebody that got finished in a rematch and then won the third fight? Who am I, who am I forgetting So here? someone getting finished so, in right? the rematch and then winning the third fight. Rampage? Rampage, I think, got finished in the rematch with Vanderlei and then won the third one. It can happen. And that was monster yes, monster gap of true. years between huge, two and three, correct? Huge gap. But it oh, technically yeah. has happened. Yeah, yeah. So that... Right, right. That alters uh, things, yeah, for sure. I mean, look at Chuck and Tito, Luke. Luke, right. look at Chuck and Tito, uh, right? BC. Luke, stop looking, looking at Chuck and Tito. You got Michelle Pereira versus Andre Fialo on this card. Do you give a fuck at all? I mean, look, I care for Michelle Pineda and every fight now we debate is is he taking it as serious as he did in that one? What was the fight, Luke, where he took it super friggin' ass serious and looked like a the, welterweight the one where killer? You Which fight was him that? him for being boring in the Nico Price contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, I might have done that, Luke. Um, obviously, we want to see a a balanced, but you know, it, 
the the whole thing here is Luke. He's running out of time because I believe he's older than we think. But at the same time, there is an angle here for him to make a run if he can find that balance. But I think since that, Luke, and maybe fighting Nico Price brings it out of you. Um, I've seen him, you know, dip back into the drugs a bit here, Luke. I, I I'm not I'm not convinced that he can stay sober enough to bring out the best within himself, Luke, because he gets so high. I'm performing like me, Luke, right? Really like me turn. I'm a red light type guy, Luke. I don't mean the red light district. I mean, you know, I could be on my deathbed, but you turn that camera on Luke and I'm, I'm bringing it Luke right now. I'm bringing it. But the point is, I, I don't know if he's of that same ilk, you know, in this regard with well, that can, can he, can he pull back at the right time? Luke, can he sober up? You tell me, know. Luke. Tell Cody me right Stayman now. Cody Stayman taking on Saeed Nurmagomedov. We've talked about this. A big fight for Cody Stayman, who, by the way, has lost, <laughs> I think, deep, three of his last four. No, he's lost his last two and had a draw against Song Yudong. So he's 2-1-1 one, and one in his last four. Or excuse me, 1-2-1. One, one. Um, so he's going to need to be on the right side of things. The prelim card, you've got Adolfo Vieira back against Wellington Terman. Not that interesting. Uh, Hayoni Barcelos, who's pretty good against Victor Henry. The one that stands out, we've talked about it. It's now a replacement fight. Ilya Toporia taking on now Charles Jordan. you got to love Charles Jordan. Short notice against maybe the top rising prospect in all of this division. Great prospect himself, by the way. Love this from the uh, Canadian. I'm really glad that Tupuria made it back on the card, Luke, because this card's been ravaged by COVID and It injuries. did. Uh, Alexi Olenek and Greg Hardy was supposed to be on this card. It got moved for undisclosed reasons to... Then they got Sergey Spivak in there, and then yes. he, and then Hardy. So now got they're right? uh, now it's going to be at two seventy two. Greg Hardy versus Sergey Spivak. So that's fun. Uh, I'm trying to look at the rest of this card. There's not a whole lot on it, bro. Well, Luke, I got to ask you a key question about the rest of this card. To be fair, outside of the title fights, it, it sucks. I'm not saying it's all the UFC's fault, but are you getting with this narrative that you see show up in the in the comments or the message boards or? wherever these keyboard warriors like me uh, hang out, Luke, um, that the UFC is trying to F, uh, you know, trying to F uh, Nganu either way and just say, okay, just in case he, you know, wins and thinks he carries the, the ball around here, yo, dude, this pay-per-view tanked. Is there anything to that, Luke? Because they, they do water down the Connor pay-per-views because they know Connor will sell. I don't Connor think that sell. they would ever intentionally sabotage their own pay-per-views. However, they're <clears throat> not going to go out of their way to do him any favors either. Right, when they they, they 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 probably plan to have certain cards that are pretty big and certain cards that are not pretty big. That's all strategic. That has nothing to do with Francis or whatever. But I also believe that they put Francis on the cards where they know they're not going to give him a lot of help to make him more money. Like they're not going to put Francis on a Conor McGregor card. They're not going to do him that solid. But they're not going to be like, hey, let's fucking ruin ourselves and the just to stick it to Francis. No, they're not going to do that either. So, Luke, in terms of of dirt bag techniques just absolute outright like they like you said they wouldn't sabotage their own brand if they did it that's a straight up dirt bag technique that i'm sure gets done a lot in business but given the history of dana and the fertitas and now of course with the new owners do you think that's happened way more than we already know or think or do you think it's a little bit overblown the idea that like Dana and Brass are so big on themselves that they they'd straight up I do mean, this I mean from the stories i've heard there's a lot that they'll do to stick it to someone but like tanking their own show, I've not heard that. I've heard of every other thing. I mean, they have the right makeup. 
to pull off moves like that though, Luke. It's it's not a it's not a it's not a real distance of personality in that. I just don't have the proof I don't know. and I'm the not. UFC doesn't strike fingers, me as the type I'd to assume... light their balls on fire just to stick it to somebody else, whatever that would mean. Uh Oh uh, oh they are, Luke. I mean I once started in a four minute video that Yeah, but it got deleted that. for a reason, oh. right? So there's that. Um the point being is, yeah, I just yeah, don't think it would get to that point, but one never knows exactly. All right, topic number three, BC. Let's move on from UFC 270. Let's talk about this one. So it was reported by, I want to make sure, I, I, I do, I do, um, I do, uh, hold on, read this gentleman's work uh, on Twitter when I can translate it, but I want to point out this. Global, Global Combates, uh, Rafael Mourinho, reports that the Lioness, Amanda Nunes is leaving ATT to start her own gym in the South Florida area. BC, is this big news, small news, or we don't quite know what it means news? Well, the answer is we don't quite know yet because there's other points of interest that need to come out that, that could decide more, including seeing her fight again to see if that was just a one-off aberration in the way that Amanda imploded against Juliana Pena. But Luke, it has the potential to be really big if you are willing to tie in this factor that Kayla Harrison may be coming on over to the UFC. And we've seen whether this factors in or not. You know, Coach Dan Lambert of ATT say publicly a million times he doesn't want them to fight each other. They, You know, although... They're going to have to if they're in the same, you know, so promotion. So from that standpoint, could I talk myself into some kind of like John Jones versus Rashad Evans type teammate exit? You're going to go with them over me. It could be. Who knows? But I know that we saw a report just yesterday from Ariel Hawane even who who says, you know, PFL looks to be the favorite to re-sign Kayla. That felt very well-timed and strategic from my point of view. I, you know, it could be true and they could be about to sign it, but that looked like it was a PR move, uh, just the same to maybe try to tie something up. But if Kayla Harrison's going to the UFC, then this, this is going to say a lot. This is a big deal, Luke. And I think in general, it's still a big deal because of the, the, the really poor performance she just had and, and whether that is, you know, a, a, a realization of what's going on with her or whether that was just a really bad night at the office. And she's taking her what you know, taking Nina with her. Um, on the surface, Lou, you're you're you're, le- you're leaving the dream team. On the surface, you're leaving the best team in the game right now. So that can't be a good it thing, right? It depends what coaches she takes with her. She's had a really strong bond with a few of them, including but especially Conan Silvera. I'd be curious to see if Conan goes with her because Conan has been Conan's son, uh, who's by the way one of the top prospects in all of MMA, trains at ATT. Conan has been the backbone of that gym for. As long as it's been around, quite frankly, um, so that would be interesting. He has he he's like yeah. the Papa Bear, Luke. He I mean he kind of like is the heart and soul of what. Even though I've called him Brazilian Shrek before, Luke, and you've gotten mad at me. Yeah, he's so a great the guy. Question is like, does he go to? I don't know how that goes. I mean, there's a lot here, right? So how much of this is related to the loss specifically? I mean, it's been pointed out that when folks don't really realize this, when she first moved to Florida, actually, let's back up a step. She first started training with, I went to the gym. She, I, I don't think a lot of folks know this. I don't know if she trained directly with the Miller brothers, but she trained in the Miller brothers gym when she first got to America up in New Jersey. Uh, I had that told to me by a lot of the different people who were actually at that gym. Then she left and went to MMA masters after her first loss or her first, uh, huh? She lit Luke. She lived at MMA masters. A long time. Like, she was like, 
down on her luck, Francis yeah, Ngannou yeah, yeah. style, and trying to turn to this Kat around. Zingano, almost, you know? And then switched it around, and then went to ATT, and it's been more or less, you know, not last fight notwithstanding, pretty smooth sailing. I mean, she's obviously done quite well for herself. So, is she leaving because it's a combo of the fact that she lost, and it's Kayla going to UFC, or has nothing to do with Kayla? And it's strictly the loss. There has been, by the way, a few departures from ATT. Hard to know exactly what that means. A lot of coaches have left. We have Phil DeRue who left, Dean Thomas who left. Um, you know, fighters come and go. That's less of an issue. But I really wonder if there's something else. There's a lot of moving parts to the story. And then the last one, dude, it's about Amanda. I mean, you know, listen, she had a kid, dude. A kid will change your focus in life and it will pull you in ways you're not, you know, anticipating and she's beaten everyone she was supposed to again last fight notwithstanding but beats all the greats of her generation who knows where her fucking head is at if this is even a good decision for her i have no idea we'll have to see but but the amount of unknowns are high but the amount of questions just as high look how does the att who you know there's a lot of great gyms it's not that it's att and everybody else but you know they're winning the awards they seem to be the all-star gym of the moment how do they avoid being like a Jackson Wink where you're the hot one of the moment and suddenly you have all the resources and everyone's coming to you? And then inevitably when that happens and you get great success, some people will leave and you get diluted a bit. How do they avoid? I mean, how do you or maybe the better question is how do you stay at that top when that See, inevitably this is, is the issue happen? about how they run their gyms? I'm a little bit um, the wrong guy to ask, but I can tell you what I do know. Part of, and Rashad can probably speak to this actually, because he was part of the early exodus that happened around this time. It was initially that there was this group of people at Jackson. So it was Diego, Nate Marquardt, eventually GSP, um, Keith Jardine, right? Some of these original uh, Albuquerque folks. Jardine recruit, say again? Condit? See, Carlos Condit was, was Carlos not an original Condit Jackson's guy. Well? Carlos Condit started across town at Fit NHB okay. and then eventually went over. But the long story short is that it was a it was a relatively small group, a dozen or less, that was known as Jacksons, right? That was that group, and it was all the famous UFC fighters. And then they brought in John Jones eventually. But Jackson's model has changed. Now they have dorms that they've built. They've become a much bigger thing. People come, people go. Greg Jackson, I'm not even sure how much he coaches anymore. So that initial band of like, you know, nine to a dozen UFC fighters that just ballooned into something else, the model changed. And you heard Don Cerrone talk about the puppy mill that was there and why he left and everything else. Cerrone probably one of the original ones as well. ATT never did that. ATT may in its original days under Ricardo Laborio, it might have been a smaller group. But basically from early, early stage, they had dorms from an early stage um, they were much more of a gym where I was like, let's give you as big as possible. People can come. People can go. It's okay. So they've weathered this storm that a lot of other gyms couldn't where it was like, okay, AKA is John Fitch. It's Koscheck, It's Kane. It's like five other guys. And then that's it. No one else can be AKA. ATT was never that way. ATT was, we're fucking enormous. We're always going to be enormous. People will come and go. We'll have a, a giant yeah. core staff. Get what you get. Like what you like and be on your way. And so they've been able to play the levels a lot easier over time look what do you think is most important because the real answer is is it all matters but for a gym to to go from being you know good to to great and being the gym of the moment is is it the fighter quality or is it the coaching and then also the culture like again the answer is all of it but what do you think is the most important? Because sometimes what makes these gyms so great is, like you mentioned with that original uh, Jackson Wing group, you just get a special group of six, seven, eight guys who are all going to be great fighters at the end of the day, and they push each other, and it feels like, oh my God, this gym's amazing, but it really just may be 
we have a, a special class, sort of like how my high school class, Luke Nogatuck, class of 96, we didn't make it in life, Luke, but, you know, all the other classes of all these great superstars and athletes and good-looking girls, and, you know, I don't know what they put in the water in 1978, but, we, you know, we didn't get out of first gear, I think Luke. the special thing with ATT is, one, Florida cost of living is low, right? So there's that. I think, two, it's just, it just has everything, right? It's like, why would you leave somewhere to go to ATT? Probably because under one roof you can get coaching, strength and conditioning, world-class training partners. If you want to come, you can come. If you want to leave, you can leave. Um, there's just a lot of benefits to it. It just fits a lot of different people's lifestyles by being very accommodating in terms of what their facilities and human resources offer. But remember, folks don't realize this. So there used to be this term in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu called creonte. It's spelled C-R-E-O-N-T-E, creonte. And it comes from a character who was on a Brazilian soap opera back in the day. But it used to be somebody who would, like, train at a gym, and everyone's like, we're family. And then they go to a new gym, and like, oh, you're a traitor. You're a creonche. That's what they would call you. You don't hear that a lot anymore. They don't buy no, – a lot of these jiu-jitsu gyms, some of them still do it, but a lot of them don't buy into these, like, old school, like, once you're with us, you're fucking family. That's it. No, blah, 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 blah. And so I think just ATT offers a really helpful situation to a lot of fighters, but it's transactional. Like, you pay your dues, you show up, you get what you get, you can make relationships if you want, and if you don't like this, fuck off, you can go do something else. It's flexibility, it's it's great. Pound that sand. Yeah. Yeah, now Luke, I couldn't help but notice, speaking of great gyms, that you're wearing the uh, Factory Town MMA MK t-shirt that I believe will eventually be on sale. So I was thinking, like, you know, great gyms need a backbone, but sometimes they need two brains, you know, they're better than one, and two all, you know, a Jackson and a Wink. Would you be willing to come in with me on Factory Town MMA and be the, you know, I'll handle the marketing and the business side, but you are the the coach, the technique giver. And, you know, like Jackson and Wink bringing their own things, you know, I'm looking for hard-nosed factory type, you know, grinders, and you could bring in all the uh, Latin BBLs you want. So it would kind of be the best of both would, worlds mixed well, together. I don't need to leave MK for that, but if that was a real job, I would leave MK for it. That's a real thing. Um, so that's that. We'll have to see what happens. All right. Topic number four, BC. This one, I don't know what to say about it. I looked to see what other lawyers were saying about it. People seem to think it's frivolous. But Terrence Crawford, who is no longer with Top Rank, has, in fact, sued them and sued Bob Arum for what he claims is religious, well, not religious, I'm sorry, racial discrimination. Uh, Crawford has alleged many things not limited to breach of contract as well as fraudulent and negligent misrepresentation and claims Aram and Top Rank failed to follow through on promises, for example, to secure a unification fight with Errol Spence and that he is nicer to white and Latino fighters and went out of his way to sabotage him because, in fact, he was black. BC, for a guy like Bob Aram, who's been promoting black fighters since the mid of the 20th century when Jim Crow laws were still in effect, I have to tell you, I don't know what to make of Crawford because he hasn't. We haven't. We haven't seen the evidence yet, so we should. We should be very clear about that. But I'm a little skeptical about this lawsuit. What do you think? Um, I won't. Yeah. The, so obviously, the lawsuit seems to be not a joke, but you know, an fu, some sort of like leverage situation for PR or even just to get back at Bob. From Team Crawford. We can debate the sort of motive on that. But yeah, you know, you saw Muhammad Ali's daughter, who's the mother of, uh, you know, Nico Ali Walsh, Walsh this top rank, I want to say prospect, but really he's just a, sort of like a reality TV star at this point in, in terms of the fights they roll him out in. 
you know, say, obviously, look at Bob's history with, you know, black fighters and great success with Muhammad and they loved each other. I, like, like, is Bob Arum a racist? Is this real? I, no, there's enough reason to say it's not. But I think the other questions are along with what's the true motive of this lawsuit is, is Bob a cantankerous asshole to everyone? You know, and, and yeah, absolutely. You know, it, has Bob given up on fighters at certain points? Like, Guillermo Rigondeaux when he promoted them, right at the peak of Rigondeaux's biggest win ever against Nonito Donaire. What did Bob do on the stage at Radio City Music Hall afterwards to me and the other boxing reporters complain that Rigondeaux will never sell with his with his style? That's at the, the peak moment where Bob could have grabbed the mic and was like, you don't know what you're seeing. This is brilliant amateur boxing. No one's ever been this great. He's the next Floyd Mayweather. Like, you could have done something like that. And Bob just shat on him. Okay, well, that's happened to Rigondeaux and, and Crawford. You could argue, Luke, kind of got shat on in key moments as well when Bob tried to make a public point about how Terrence doesn't sell and we've lost money on him. Does Bob go too far? Yes, he's an old bastard, Luke. He's got a long history of going too far. But is it, you know, necessarily race-fueled? It'd be, it'd be hard to prove that, and I don't believe that. Um, but, Luke, what's the reason then? Because you can't win this lawsuit, so what's the reason? Is this a, a, a PR stunt? to get Crawford's name out there as he looks for free agents? Because I don't know if you saw this, Tim Smith, who who's sort of, you know, the, works for the PBC, and, and in some degree, since Al Heyman doesn't speak to the media, Tim Smith can sometimes become a mouthpiece for the PBC, former boxing writer, great guy. But he did a, a an interview, and I'm not sure which podcast, and I, I don't want to, um, could have been the PBC podcast, but where he talked about, hey, you know, can we make Spence Crawford if, if Crawford comes to, to PBC? And even he, Luke, Delivered that same like, well, I don't know, man. Terrence just doesn't sell lines. So again, that could be public, you know, jockeying to to get ahead of it in the potential negotiation. But it's uh, what do you think is the true motive of why they would one do is he's an idiot and his lawyer's an idiot. So there's one that's that should. By the way, that, there's a lot of lawsuits these days where you can just attribute it to that. So let's be clear about that. That's one possibility. The other possibility is he's not an idiot, but. He believes through one of these mechanisms he might be able to get some extra money that was entitled to him. So, for example, one of the things that's a big issue for him is that, uh, let's see, uh, the suit claims that when Crawford signed to fight Edgigius, forgive my pronunciation, Kavaliaus, yes. In Kavaliauskas. Yeah, mean mean, just call him Mean Machine, Luke. He's Lithuanian. The agreement He's included a $900,000 payment if Top Rank didn't in good faith offer Crawford about with Spence by the end of 2020. They're claiming that that didn't happen so that he isn't therefore entitled to 900 grand. I don't know. We'll have to see exactly if that's true. So maybe it's a little bit of money. The other thing that kind of leads me to, to wonder is Crawford knows he's not going to win. He's going to lose money. But if they can get to a point where, A, he can embarrass Bob, or even more importantly, get to a point of discovery, like not settle, right? Because if they settle, he gets money. Not settle, get to a point of discovery where we can now share public emails or texts. And Bob, Bob is like, black fighters That's, don't sell. Yes. I'm not making that up or something, right? But if you get texts or emails where Bob is saying racial shit, that could be interesting. That could be interesting. I mean, look, t look, you know, Bob, Bob can always argue correctly because the numbers don't lie in terms of pay-per-view buys that Terrence never became a brand. And I know that they were top rank was always upset that he wasn't willing to do as many interviews and, and try, you know, put it out there. He's got a very quiet personality. You know, his, his talent speaks for itself to a large degree, but I don't think Terrence was always his best advocate for becoming a star. Um, so they can always lean on the number side of it, but 
racially fueled. I, again, it would be really hard. It's to, like, it's to, like, to dude, like that. you think that the issue about why you guys didn't do good business together is because Bob hates black people. I don't think that's the best explanation. Yeah. You know, I think Bob hates a lot of people. Some of them are probably black. Bobby hates Terrence too, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he hates Ter- like if Terrence made him money. I think he'd love Terrence. I don't really think it's got shit all to do with that. Look, there's a there's a reason why Bob and Don King to a lesser degree because he hasn't been you know a, a major promoter in the last decade or so. But uh, there's a reason why Don King and Bob Arum were on top for so long and are still in it. And we've seen so many celebrity names come and try to be boxing promoters, Luke, and lose a lot of money or big time investors and lose a lot of money. Um, Bob and Don King, they only see green. I mean, seriously. And they're, 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 they, their goal, I'm not saying their goal is to screw everyone over, but why have so many people, why have so many fighters present, you know, represented by Don King ended up suing him? Their goal is to make as much money as freaking possible off of anyone of any color. They are cutthroat swinging yeah. corporate raiders, Luke. They are just of the, of the reptilian level, you know, as Mike Tyson famously once said of Don King. Um, so it, it, it's not, it's never about, uh, you know, skin. Co- this the only, the only time skin color comes in for them is whether they think they can sell certain, you know, race or, or, or background. I, I mean, I'm fighter. not saying that people in boxing aren't racist. Like there definitely are racist people in boxing, but like, that's an exhausting proposition. Like if you hate minorities and you like boxing, that's a hard, that's a contradiction right there. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Um, but Anyway, all right, we go now to quick hitters. Uh, BC, I know, and I'm in fairness, I think both of us are, but certainly perhaps a little bit more you than me, but again, we're, we're all on board with this one. There are reports that Stevenson, Shakur Stevenson, is going to have a title unification, or at least they're working on a title unification against Golden Boys, well, well, sort of, previously, anyway, uh, Eddie Reynoso's Oscar Valdez. And uh, Oscar Valdez, fresh off of controversy from PEDs, but part of the Eddie Reynoso uh, Canelo team. BC, how close is this? How good of a fight would it be? Well, just to, to your point, trainers right, aren't right. linked with promoters. Eddie, Eddie has a bunch else, of yes. big name fighters. This is as good as it gets. Luke, bring that shit to me, as Pedro Serrano once said. Like, yes, do we need to see this fight right here? Hell yes. I think just today Mike Coppinger has been all, all over this for ESPN saying that they, they came to terms on financials. It's looking like April 30th in Las Vegas. Luke, this is a big-time fight to unify belts at 130 because, you know, I'm of that, of that original core group of people that is now becoming a small village, Luke, and I'm happy to see this that truly believe Shakur Stevenson is on his way to becoming the pound for pound king of this sport. Uh, you know, we've, we've compared him not, not to overall Floyd Mayweather, but to younger pretty boy Floyd Mayweather in, in, in terms of his actual ability. No one's pushed him to the level where he's had to show everything yet, but he is something freaking special. And he's going in there against unbeaten Oscar Valdez, who along with, rightfully being clouded due to the failed drug test last year in his second fight, which he fought anyway, and it was controversial. Don't forget, he knocked out Miguel Burchell for the knockout of the year to move up and way to win a title in a second weight class against, like, that division's boogeyman. Nobody had beaten Burchell. He was taking out everyone. And uh, Valdez is coming, Luke. This Here's what's great about this, Luke. We need these type of fights, but also, even if Valdez is everything he can be, this still may end up looking like Floyd Mayweather against Diego Corrales, you know, or Floyd Mayweather against Arturo Gatti because Shakur might be that special, Luke. So we're going to find out if Shakur's very good or if he's great right. on uh, this They night. need to do something for you, so I'm going to go and rant here for just a little bit. The next piece we have, BC, you kind of alluded to it. 
I didn't see the report. I only what you told me about it, but there is at least some indication that Kayla Harrison could be headed back to PFL, which we had initially discussed uh, after her last win, her last fight, that, well, where else are you going to go and win million-dollar tournaments over people who can't athletically touch you at all? And so if she stayed at PFL, it would hardly be the worst situation in the world in terms of prize fighting. In terms of legacy building, that's where things get a little bit dicey because where are you going to go to get the best opponents to make your legacy what it's supposed to be? BC, are you in agreement with me that A, going back to the PFL, it certainly would not be the end of the world. She would still make a handsome reward for herself. And at the end of the day, that might just be the name of the game. But... Just knowing Kayla the way that we do, she features very briefly in our, our uh, documentary from the night in Vegas where we were at the award show. We talked to her briefly there. I, 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 I can't imagine she loves, loves the idea of going back to PFL. Also, there is maybe a way to suggest that the report is a little premature. Yeah, so I, again, I think that report that came out is, is just, you know, negotiations publicly. But uh, it's interesting because could she potentially make the most money with PFL? She might be able to. But we think she's wired in a way that you tease that she wants She wants it now. She wants to find out how great she can be. That it's a little bit more about the glory and the challenge and the sports side of it with her. And granted, she has been paid well. So, it's, you know, she's won a couple million dollar tournaments. So it's not like, you know, she's, she's on the other side of the hill. But that it might be more about that than than the crazy, crazy generational money that she, that everyone's chasing, rightfully so. So in that regard, Luke, I think UFC is still the favorite, you know? And if it wasn't UFC, I think it would have to be Bellator. I've heard no no rumblings that Bellator is close in this. I have no idea if Scott Coker and company have talked to her. Obviously, I think they should. But, you know, at least that would offer you a Chris Cyborg fight, which would seem to me to be the, the perfect sort of appetizer to say, are you ready for the Amanda Nunes level? But Luke... Because Nunes just lost, now there's more questions, which again leads me back to saying it's still probably the best time ever for her to go to the UFC right now and and, and go in there and find out how great she is. So I think she's going to end up in the UFC, Luke, at the end of the day. I really do. Why would she sign with PFL over Bellator? Is the idea that with PFL she could make more money because of the $1 million tournaments? I would have to think that it's a financial decision. We don't know what network PFL is going to yet for their, their their free agent for their next season. I do wonder if there was... I mean, look, you're going to try to sweeten the deal no matter who you are. I wonder if there's anything related to whatever network it's going to go on, what type of other opportunities. I'm not saying, like, you know, could she get her own sitcom? I just mean I wonder if that could be part of the sweetening of the pot if it did come down to PFL versus Bellator. Hmm. Interesting. Because you like know, what if Luke? What if what if uh you know what if Vox was like, hey Luke, I know we've had our ups and downs, but you know, bro, if if you'll if you'll leave BC, not only you know is it a stupid amount of money in your dream amount of money to just say fuck you to everybody, but you know we'll also give you first class travel, a massage at every hotel. You BC, know what I mean? Like BC, you know, BC, I'll I'll eat a bullet on live TV before I ever go back to Vox. You know, uh, my you level, know, my level. We'll of check your oil for, for you. Them. You know, you know yeah, what I'm no. saying. My Look. level of my level of hostility for them is extraordinary. They fucked with my career for a very long time. They 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 they, tr- they did their best to try and ruin it. Fuck those motherfuckers is my oh, answer. Well, okay. they, Look, they I can, mean, come on. They I can mean, offer me. They can I mean, wheel Luke, that's, me that's in. Not, this is they can wheel me in a billion dollars and and put me in a blowjob fucking deciding contest wow. where I'm the judge. Wow. Not going to wow. happen. Not wow, never. A- Dude, I refuse to even just set bitch, foot in their just fucking Just burn building. the village, sir. You know what I mean? 
No, fuck those losers. Pieces of fucking. I mean, look, shit, this is a, this is a personal matter, not for public access. You're just you're just you're throwing well, you your me, shit out there. I had a lot there. of caffeine this morning, and you got me fucking angry. Bringing. I mean, am up, I so. on Facebook with my high school classmates right now? I shouldn't know saying. about your marriage falling apart. You know, like I, you shouldn't tell me. You know, on Facebook. You know what I mean, Luke? No, I don't. All right. Uh, b- uh, from uh, Bellator News, the only thing I found curious about this BC is not the fight itself. I like not the location. I like. Not even where it's being uh, broadcast. Showtime, which I like. It's just in May. I didn't quite get the announcement happening in January. Great fight. Yaroslav Amosov, who for folks who may not know, is the existing Bellator welterweight champion and a very good one at that. He is going to take on Michael Venom Page in London, I believe Friday, May 13th. Let me double check that right now. BC, I love this fight, but why are they announcing it five months early? Yeah, I love this fight. And by the way, it is the fight that should have been. But like, they, like this is this is what should have happened. Congratulations, Bellator, you did that. Normally, when we see this length, it's like, oh yeah, and they will coach the Ultimate Fighter. So, Luke, I don't know. I, you know, there's no Ultimate Fighter right now in Bellator, but I don't know what type of you know reasoning beyond just let's get it on the books and let's start getting people really excited. And maybe, Luke, did you say London is the site? Yes, but, um, uh, May- Friday, May thirteenth, it'll be at the SSE Arena, Wembley the- in London. Again, we haven't spoke to higher upset, you know, Viacom, CBS. I'm not speaking out of turn here, but maybe that means, Luke, that's going to be a, a tentpole card for, for for Scott Coker, similar to like Bellator MSG, right, which was a big deal. Maybe it will be one of those, Luke, and you're just trying to start the early drum bashing to get people noticing. I don't, you know, but that, it could yeah, just but here's be the reason. The- Here's the reason why I'm skeptical that I definitely think they're going to feature a lot of their prominent UK talent on that. That seems That seems quite right. But remember, when they, when you when Bellator goes to overseas, I mean, when any promoter goes to overseas markets, they're obviously trying to mostly cater to that market. But this will air live on Showtime. This ain't Spike TV where they're going to air the shit late at night. They're going to air it live, so it's going to air, I think, domestically around three or four in the afternoon East Coast time. Hard to put a tentpole event for an American product, basically. Um, at that time, even though this All right, is what a if you did this fight, what if you did this? And again, I'm, I'm being creative here. I don't have knowledge. What if you took this fight and you, you pat, you matched it up with, uh, AJ McKee versus Pitbull part two, Oof. and you aired it on CBS. I mean, that'd be huge, but you're still airing at Friday on two or three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon. Well, maybe that's a Saturday. Is it, is it, do you know it's Friday? No, it's is a it Friday. A... It's a Friday. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little tough. Great fight. Love the fight. Just a little bit interesting about why they announced it so early. Uh, Okay. Andre Arlovsky is going to take on Jared Vandera. UFC 271. Boy, they keep giving Arlovsky all these dudes who who are, uh, I don't know about Jared, we'll have to see, but typically not up to par, and he just fucking schools him with this new style that he has. Yeah. We'll see what happens. They think they're getting Soda Popinski, Luke, but they're getting years worth of of technique and smarts. I, I can't believe... He, I can't believe he repaired his, like he had one of those chins that like you, you don't, you don't last anymore because you're going to get knocked out 10 consecutive times. If they left you, if they let you, he appeared to have one of those chins, Luke, and he's turned that, that around. I mean, it's, we've already been down this road of praising him, but it's really incredible that he's even in this gate, a true gatekeeper situation. Dude. I mean, he had a, a, a shootout of a fist fight. I remember watching his shootout of a fist fight. I want to say this was live, but I remember years and years and years ago against fucking Pedro Hizzo. You know, Pedro Hizzo is an old coach now, 
And Andre is, granted, he was younger than him at the time, but like, you know, he's still out there doing this shit. It's unbelievable the amount of career longevity he's had because he's reinvented himself. Uh, Drakkar Close taking on Brandon Jenkins on April 16th. Drakkar Close has been a pretty good fighter, um, but, you know, hasn't really quite ascended just yet, so we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, BC, Clay Guida's got a fight on April 23rd, if you care at all. The bigger one, though, that I care about, BC, this one I thought was kind of interesting. Caitlin Chukagian, she just won and said after that fight, that was her last fight on her contract. You're like, oh, she must be trying to test free agency. Not really. Quote, this was the last fight on my contract. And usually when you have one more, they renegotiate your contract, Chukagian said at the post-fight press conference. Quote, so when they offered this fight, I'm like, oh, I'm up for renegotiation for a new contract. And they were like, no. We want you to fight this one out. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to cut me, but it ain't good news. Hopefully with this performance, I'd like to think that they want to keep me. I want to stay. BC, she is a perennial top five contender in this division. She can't be the champion. We recognize that. Also, she is the first UFC fighter to 10 wins, 10 UFC wins with no stoppage. But dude, she is a very high level competitor. Would it be a mistake for the UFC to let her go? She's also tied for the most wins with Valentina in division history after this one. Uh, would it be a mistake? It depends here, Luke, because Dana White went on to say, oh, that's, you know, Mick Maynard handled that, the matchmaker. That's his contract. That's his deal. Uh, but Mick declined to offer a fight until, you know, until I think until they wanted to see the result. Meaning, look, if Shukagian lost in this one, Luke, she was going to be out of the title picture, you know, and, and kind of it's going to be hard to make a case for her to turn back around and win three, four in a row and get back into it. Uh, they might have just let her go. Now I think you do have to resign her because she's got three straight wins all within like against like top five opponents. I know that speaks more to this division not being loaded, but Luke, I don't think they wanted to go out of their way to overpay her. She's not really marketable. She her style is consistent and tough, but you know I don't think it it ha I think it's lacking the oomph to win a title or to even really be a threat for a title even in this shallow division. So um, I think they're willing to let her go if they have to. You know, obviously they are, but you saw the move they made. It shouldn't be right, you know, democratically, but Luke, okay, she's won three in a row because she's technically, you know, longer and, and better than, than all of these girls, but she, there's no storyline for a Valentina rematch. I mean, she got, she got handled. I mean, they all get hand. Look, they all get fucking handled by Valentina at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They all do, but, but there's nothing, you know, there's not a lot there marketing wise. Look, that's tough to say. I, I don't mean to rip on somebody, but it's the truth. I mean, Tell me if you think this comparison is accurate. She is something akin to the women's division, uh, Phil Davis, right? Yes. Where she is quite good, and she is going to beat very good fighters. Probably not the best one. In fact, we know not the best one. Like we, we've seen, we've seen ten rounds, for example, of Phil Davis versus um, not Moldovsky, but um, um, the light heavyweight Vader. champ over Ryan. No, Vader. no, the light heavyweight. Um, oh, Vadim uh, Nemkov. Nemkov. Vadim Nemkov. We've seen ten rounds versus Nemkov. Phil ain't better than him. We've seen enough evidence between uh, Valentina and although although Phil versus Nemkov is closer, but you get the idea. She's not the best person in this division. She's fucking good, dude. I'll say this, man. Dude, that was a good win. But by, by the way, that was a good ass win against Maya. She gritted. She that was pretty gritty, Luke. Yeah, and here's the thing. A lot of times, what they used to do was if they didn't like you, like if you're a John Fitch type, they waited until you lost one where they were like, oh, okay, we're just not gonna, we're just gonna, we'll release you from your contract. Here, they waited her to finish one out. But she won, dude. She's winning. Listen, I understand like it may be better for other parts of other promoters to get top-ranked talent in their organizations. It's good to see that move around a little bit. 
But it's bad to see someone this talented, who granted has not made an impact with fans. I mean, it's just fair to say, you know, can't keep their roster spot despite high achievement. I don't really yeah, like I mean, that. that. I don't that, like the that message. Looks bad. If she was top 15 and they got rid of her, that's fine. Dude, she's top five. It's not okay by me. Yeah. I mean, UFC has, has so much financial control and leverage where like they don't have to make moves like this just because it's the smart move financially they could still keep the competitive you know bubble for, you know as fresh and pure as possible because if she went to pfl or bellator you know she she could be a title favorite right away you know she's an right interesting away. player in those divisions but uh i mean have you seen this before at this level it's rare when you see this type of uh i mean i guess it is a john fitch similar type situation yeah yeah pretty close all right that's it Time for you to take over, good sir. Oh, yeah. This is what we do every Monday. But, Luke, you know, I, I didn't do a live show Monday. You know how that works. But, you know, I scoured the globe for the good and the bad, the ugly, the in-between, and combat sports and beyond. It's called Have You Seen This Shit? Oh. Now, Luke, uh, it's been a week and a half. We got some good shit today. Uh, Gaffney, our great producer who who pulls the kernels of corn out of this shit, told me he uh, he popped a few times, Luke. All right, you ready? I've, I, I was born ready. Yeah. <laughs> born ready. We'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, UFC fight night in Vegas, Luke. The first finish of 2022 in the octagon goes to debutant Vlachislav Borshev. Hey, Luke, forget the name. Let's call him Slava Claus. How about this body shot on Dakota Bush, brother? Yeah, the body shot was great, and then I don't know what the fuck you call this, but that shit ruled. Oh, yeah. Luke, he won us over with the interview, with the dance moves. I know he had a nice win on the on the Contender Series to, to get to this point. Um, is he a Mr. Faber guy as well? I'm not sure. Okay, okay. I think he is, Luke. Um, he looks to be interesting. I mean, look, it's one fight, but he looks to be an interesting player. But speaking of his dancing, Luke, let's advance the slide. Uh he really, he really won Twitter on this night, and it was uh, the first fight of the main card after, like, four or five decisions. He comes out, he finishes, he's, he's got, whoa, it was like electric boogaloo over here, Luke. That's how so, you step into your moment, bro. All right, let's go yeah, to the next one. You know what? These, these white guys, man, they can, we all know they can dance, you know? Yeah, I, I got more dancing video if, if Gaff uh, wants to hit that. No, I'm teasing. He actually looks pretty good. Look, he, he, he had more. He had oh God, he had more moves. He had more moves. No, seriously. He's, Bro, he's that a, looks I bet I bet that's way harder than he makes that look. You ever tried yeah. this? No, I don't I'm I you know, I'm not in touch with my origin cultures on this level, Luke. This is not as good as what I think it's called like the Les Ginka dance or whatever it's called that uh that Shevchenko does, but it's pretty good. I like this one. Yeah, uh, it's great. Wow, this guy's great. Uh, Luke, the main event, let's not forget that. A lot of people passing this picture around. Giga Chikadze's face after running into Calvin Cater in the hospital. Can we zoom in? Luke, this looks worse than Fedor against Bigfoot Silva. Yeah, that, I mean, look at Cater's face, too. Not that bad. You know, it looks like he had a rough practice. That's it. I mean, um, good God, Luke. These, dude, these that mother- is, and the shirt and the shirt of Giga Chikadze, too. Like, look at that thing. Just fucking... I mean... When I look at pictures like this, I got a lot of nerve cracking jokes ever about anything. Anthony Smith, I love you, brother. I mean, look, these guys are these guys go to hell and back for us to be employed, Luke. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this: I this I don't agree with you know when fighters try to intimidate media about criticism, but I will say if you're media, you should look at pictures like this and stare at it a long time and let that inform your judgment about losing fighters and and what you should say. 
I mean, even Cater, like he kind of, you know, he went through it as you mentioned. I mean, he he had to he had to walk through some shit to win the fight in this fashion. Yeah, although he is definitely this is not the look of his face after his last fight. I can tell you that. Although That's for sure. Uh, also on this card, Luke Brazilian featherweight Joe Anderson Brito got himself fired up by pulling almost a Gus Ferrat here into the wall. You into this, Luke? Gus Ferrat, dude. That guy used to take dumps and then send samples of it. <laughs> to labs to test what was in it to make sure that he had all of the you know whatever was supposed to be in his system was in there he, that guy's a fucking maniac what do you think about this brazilian name joe anderson luke i i think it's probably uh i could see a, a joe vanderlei coming a uh a joe yeah, i don't know if i like the name because i read it and it looks like Jonderson. you know yeah it's weird yeah all right uh, Luke, we haven't seen the spirit, though, of, of uh, energy and aggression since this Dan Sir Severn lookalike uh, decided to take on the punch machine head first. Let's roll the videotape. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Luke. Yeah, I mean, you got a walking start, fuckface. This is not impressive. Luke, is this guy a good hang or is he a liability? No, he sucks. <laughs> this, is, this is this is the kind of guy who gets too drunk when you tell him not to, and then yeah. ends up getting tased on TikTok. Fuck this. And then guy. he throws up in a sink at Malka. Yeah, I mean, we got we've, yeah, we've got guys worst. like that Just on our worst. team. Just the fucking worst. Luke, I don't know if you watched UFC Embedded this week, but episode one inside Brett Okamoto's old home had uh, a lot of talk about the size of Francis Ngannou's feet on this massage table. Luke, do you think it's true what they say about uh, you know feet size and Hammer and sickle size, Luke. His feet are messed up. Did you notice that? I looked them up. They said they're only size 12 and a half. Those, look, those look like Shaq Fu right there, Luke. He'll stomp no, a no, guy no, with I'm that. But you see how his toes go like this? You yeah. see that? How they open, they go. Well, he's getting a massage, Luke. I mean, he could be in mid-orgasm at the moment for all we know. No, no, no. His shoes have uh, damaged his feet. That's what has happened. All right. All right, but those can't be 12 and a half because I wear a 13 or 14 and I've seen him in in person and he is fucking enormous. So, Dude, I rewatched the Stipe rematch yesterday. How sneaky was that left high kick that Ngannou landed? And Stipe was just like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? I know. Dude, Stipe looked like his hair got, he blocked the kick, but it landed so hard that it redid his hairstyle. I was like, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Good shit right there. All right, Luke, top-ranked boxing was in Verona, New York. Whether you watched it or not, light heavyweight champion Joe Smith Jr. defending against late replacement Stefan Geffrard. Luke, See, after I heard, I didn't watch this fight, BC, but everyone who did told me Smith did not look that impressive. Is that true? Yeah, you know, I didn't watch it yet, but I've heard that same uh, breakdown where he was a little bit slow and tactical early. Look, Luke, this was easy getting there against, you know, a late replacement, as, as we talked about. He's a puncher, Luke Joe Smith. He's gotten, you know, he still works full-time, like chopping trees down, Luke. He's like a union worker when he was trying to become a boxer. Um, Guy's a hard worker, but he he did throw his name into the Canelo sweepstakes afterwards. Uh, does, does he have a chance, Luke? 
at no, all? No, 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 no. All right. All right. Also on this card, Luke, check out Abraham Nova working out in the locker room with his own mascot. This is like the Jake Paul robot all over again, Luke. Dude, this is some Burger King commercial shit. <laughs> 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 and look at him coming out. Look at that beard, Luke. He's got like a a dyed yellow beard. He's basically a creative fighter on UFC 4. It's great. I will say, I, we always talk about how like the pageantry in boxing is so much better than the pageantry in, in UFC. Typically MMA, but certainly UFC. But then it's so weird when people put this much effort and then you see him walk out and there's five people in the arena. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, that's not fair, Luke. That's look, not fair. look, look. There's no one there. Dude, it's Verona, New York. Do you know how cold that lonely-ass area of the state is, Luke, out there? Yeah, like, keep moving to Verona, New York, everybody. Great place. It, it's one of the saddest casinos I've ever been in, Luke. All right. Let's keep it going. Uh, you know what does have that 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 pache that you're, that you're looking for, Luke, that attache? What word am I looking for? Panache? Panache, Luke, is when celebrities put on the boxing gloves and show us their form. Let's see what Snoop Dogg entered into the overall lexicon here, Luke. Your thoughts? We got a nice Southpaw one too, right? Well, look at the uppercut. I mean, you know, it's whatever. Okay. You know, for a for a rank amateur who is not an athlete, yeah, it's not bad. Rate his form from 1 to Stephen A. Smith. Let's advance the slide. Well, wouldn't it be Stephen A. Smith to like? <laughs> I think it, I well, it depends on what you know. Depends on your interpretation of this art, Luke. And the dunk. Listen, a, if you're trying to punch the floor and the ceiling at the same time, this guy's got you. <laughs> Nobody's talking about his old school video game. There is that Galaga, Luke. Oh, that's funny. You're just randomly in the hotel room. Is that uh, Galaga? Luke, no, that's something else. Uh, I don't know about you, but I prefer celebrities who really know how to bang, Luke, when it comes to hitting the bag. You know what I'm talking about? Speaking of banging, check out 45-year-old Todd Grisham, who celebrated his birthday by putting this video out, Luke. Wow. Dude, he's working that bag, right? Yeah, he is. The old H2O bag, giving it some, giving it some, some, where, where is this, by the way? I don't know. It looks like a cruise ship. I, mean, I don't know. He does cover uh, glory kickboxing, so it could be, like, somewhere beautiful in Europe, for all we know, Luke. But, uh yeah. But that's that's actually he, you pretty know good what you know what he could put a shirt on though. He dude, when you look like that, you know you at forty five. We don't look like that, Luke. So would but, we? No, post, no, no, we don't. We don't. I'm not saying. Would I'm, we I'm, post I'm, 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 countless I'm not, inst, Instagram no, listen, photos? Listen, listen. I'm not saying he looks bad. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, it's not one of the situations where like he has to be shirtless. You know what I'm saying? He's shirtless a lot. You know, I mean, to show off the tats and he was, remember he got in like absurd shape like a year ago and we were like, I don't know, dude, that I, I'm going to have to, is Memo Heredia in your corner? I mean, what's going on right now? You know, what's happening? Yeah. Boxing fans will get that joke. That's funny. Yeah, all right. Uh, Luke, let's keep it going. Speaking of celebrity friends doing big things, how about this guy, Brendan Schaub of uh, Thick Boy uh, Studios fame, bowling a strike while keeping his child up in the other hand, Luke. Is that is that hey, a Boston right there? That's pretty good. I hadn't seen yeah. that. Nice work, Dad. I like that. It's not easy to do, Luke. I mean, there's zippy masks on, but, you know, who cares? Okay. All right. All right, Luke. Uh, he texted me. He texted me last night. I actually texted him back today. He was um, a great supporter of our brand, and we wish him well, Luke, on his own. Yeah, he did that as well. He actually texted me because, for folks who may not know, um... We, we should just say it outright. We have a lot of the below-the-belt followers on Instagram. The Instagram's going to move them over. And um, so there's a 
he put out a video for us that he recorded before he left Showtime to let everyone know to keep us around. I, a, thank you, Brendan. I really appreciate that. And B, I also appreciate the text last night. He wished us well. And so um, I was very happy to see that. I'm still w- willing and able and want to do a uh, Tiger Thick Whiskey like taste test with him or not on the Dude, air. Dude, we got there. I, I've been thinking about this. You poo pooed my idea, and I don't know why. There are so many celebrity boozes at this point. We could easily do this as a recurring segment. Just yeah. in MMA, you got the rare stash that's now out from from uh, what you call it from Dustin Poirier. I want to try. You got this. I still want to try the Terramana uh, tequila from The Rock. Dude, There's to be fair, it doesn't try. even have to be alcohol, Luke. If they'll send it to us, I'll you know I'll. Yeah, I'm, that's yeah. true. I'll just say nice shit. Uh, even yeah, online. yeah, why not? All right, Luke. Uh, speaking of our famous friends, also uh, MMA junkies Mike Bone showing a weird flex with this pic of how empty his airline flight was, Luke, probably due to COVID as he's exiting mm-hmm. the great nation of Canada. Uh, you know what I'm thinking when I see this picture, Luke? You know, <laughs> no, no options to get a little handsy, right? You know, like, uh, you're out of luck, bro. Sorry. Mike Bond has hooked up with a girl, legitimately, who is so far out of his league, it is impossible to tell the story with a straight face. You just can't believe that a Kermit the Frog voiced zero like this. What? Okay. Ever. Okay. That. All right. I I had fun clowning on him. That's aggressive, Luke. All right. That's you know. I mean, come on. You know. I like to be. I like to be mean to him. Uh, no, you know what? I do want to shout out Luke, and I and I think or I hope I haven't seen the the final final rough cut yet of our great uh, morning combat documentary part six that the uh, less than Jake the documentarian says uh could be ready in like a week luke you know we've seen Dude, some can of I, it can we say something right now i know i'm cutting you off on this but it bothers me a little bit he is yeah. taking way too Whoa, long with this bro art takes takes time this is all no, him by the way it's no, all fuck him that. get that dude the awards was was last month okay, motherfucker I, I agree that it should go out as soon as possible i agree that but i just liked look you the first time ever bro normally you shit on all of these like it's the episode one season one of oz right in and like but the thing this time you actually started a text chain where you're like yo jake like let me get that let me get that doc bro you done yet let me see it Dude, look you normally six, cannot episode be six, bothered episode six episode six is so good that i only have the first two-thirds of it we haven't even seen the last third of it so all they have is the first two-thirds it was so good i showed it to my wife and my wife thought it was amazing to the point where now she wants updates on when this is coming out. Oh, I've never oh, showed wow. her any okay. of the. I've never, I've never showed her any of the other docs. I showed her this one because I thought yeah. it was so good, and she agreed. Hell hath no speed up of a due date than a, than a BBL Luke getting fired up. I like that spirit. All right, hey, yes, definitely. whatever it takes. The point I was going to make, Luke, was uh, I'll say this: we were told you and I didn't really realize because because we were in the moment, but when we won that award, spoiler alert. We're an award-winning show. Um, the 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 eruption from the audience behind us, which were our brethren in the media, uh, look. To be fair, it was it was humbling to see that type of noise. And I, again, I'm, we're patting ourselves on the back here, but like to see them that invested, our brethren in this game. And look, you know firsthand whether we're the the whether we're right or wrong. It's easy to get caught up in some journalist bs in this petty game i mean it is you know we're all we're all going for it in terms of fame and money and, and journalism and fun and all that um this was like a pure moment luke so shout out to to oscar willis mike bone brett okamoto sean el shoddy all those brothers they were they they sold for us luke they sold although brett was really 
He was quite drunk behind. Yeah, me. I mean, Brett may not have realized what we were actually doing at that point, but uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, "Oh, free free bar, okay." Which is weird because tell me if this if I'm wrong here, I'll call out Brett. He, even though he lives in Vegas, he's hard to corral. I want to hang with Brett all the time. He's kind of hard to corral, Luke. See, I don't know. I've never corral. I've never had to corral Brett. I usually just run into him in places and we we chat. But he was behind us at the MMA awards, and I want everyone to know. I don't know if he remembers that because my man had had a few <laughs> at that point. Wow, wow. I like that there's a subtle little like, hey, just so everyone knows, I don't chase friendships. That's what you kind of really want. It was like, no, no, a little I, like weird Brett, I like I like, yeah. I like Brett a lot, but I don't go to Vegas and I'm like, hey, what's everyone in town up to? I don't know. All right. Hey, Luke, you know what time it is? It's Dagestan basketball time. Yes, Luke, my hero and should be yours. Zabit Magomed Sharapov making Instagram for these basketball tricks. Check them oh, out, Luke. shit. That's Yo, dude, him, perfect, bro. Dude, perfect indeed. This is uh, this is actually the uh, one of the lead goal scorers for Liverpool. This is Mo Salah. Oh, you, oh, you're you're telling me that's not my hero, Luke? Is that what you're telling me? You're telling me I don't he, think that's Mo so. First, the beat can't beat Jeremy Stevens in a five round fight, and now this isn't him, Luke. Okay. Yeah, pretty sure this is not. I'll have you know, beat. Luke, that Dagestan is a hotbed for basketball. In fact, here's footage of one eagle, Habib Nurmagomedov, Luke. <laughs> Check out him nailing this half-court shot after some filthy traveling to set it up. Did you see this Dude, shit, Luke? Motherfucking Steph Curry ain't got <laughs> shit on this on on fucking I mean, Habib. I mean, Luke, it took like a ten-step setup to to heave that shit right there. Uh, it's, it's the been... Euro 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 step. Yes, you just keep stepping. Well, Luke, if you're wondering where Habib got his skills on the hardwood, here's his shirtless dad, Abdul Manap, just fucking mauling fools on the court. Watch this, Luke. Dude, God bless and rest in peace to this fucking <laughs> hero of men. Can I just tell you this is how I want my life to look in the next 20 years? I want to oh. be visibly, I want to be visibly way more overweight than everyone around me, and I want to beat the shit out of all of them. And be shirtless just because you can. And be, yeah, oh, be, and, be, and be like Todd Grisham, unnecessarily shirtless, yeah. but unlike Todd Grisham, hard to look at. Yeah. No, Luke, this isn't footage of Charles Oakley from the 90s, but it's pretty damn close. Um, of course, Luke, if you're looking for file footage uh, of whether basketball in Dagestan is a real thing, yes, here's footage of Zabit and Habib as high school teammates in the caucus conference finals, Luke. It gets a little physical, bro. I don't, I don't think what you're saying is the truth, but I do like this. <laughs> it gets a little physical out there on the Dude, uh, I Dagestan. Love, I love that they make them wear singlets. Dude, shoot the ball. Luke, that's not that's not proper form at all, Luke. But uh, you, the you next one, the, he has to take the rock to the. Oh hole. God, look at that, Luke! Uh, shoot a high C guy. Come on, everybody knows that, Luke. The next one. You're speaking of proper. Check out the form on this one. Oh, holy fuck! This, Luke. This is proper. I, right I, I was there for this. I'm I'm in that I'm in that audience right there. Oh, look at back then, 2016, McGregor. Everything he throws up is going in, Luke. You know that. Yeah, this you is just before the Eddie Alvarez fight, and yeah. uh, he was a man on fire, basically. I mean, his form is awful, but it's a lot better yeah. than like even Mayweather and Pacquiao. Like they both think they're ballers, Luke. They're 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 pretty gross, like in this in the uh, celebrity games, you know. Yeah, his his balling skills are not great, but he fought his ass off that week. Yeah, yeah, he did, Luke. All right, Luke. You know how much I love the Pennsylvania gas station sheets, not Wawa. Yeah, I sheets, love I brother. love their schmuffins and their schmegels. 
Well, Luke, let's go to this sheets. I've, I, in fact, I've taken sheets with more integrity, Luke, than the cleanliness of this hoagie that got dripped in uh, in, in grundle sauce for a bit, Luke. What, are, what are we doing here, bro? Man, if you guys knew what was in that area of me, <laughs> and I did this, you would fire me. You would fire me. If I knew and what, I Luke, love shoplifting. Yeah, yeah, that's um shoplifting is so fun. It's one of the funnest things you can do. Now wait, he I'm went outside the that. underwear. Does that retain the integrity of the of the sandwich, Luke, by by going No, not not in my dungarees. <laughs> Good lord. I got germs the size of turtles in mine. <laughs> Woo! All right, Luke, I had a I had a um old moment talking to the Malka staff last week in Jersey. They couldn't believe that Luke, I was old enough to have worked at McDonald's back when they still sold pizza. In, uh, in 1995, Luke. So shout out to me being an old piece of shit. But Luke, uh, I wasn't there when they had the uh, McDonald's ketchup fondue. I, w- I would have been into this. Can you? What, what do you think about this, Luke? I'm not going to hate on that. Yeah, that's I- I pretty like badass. On that. I'm not going to hate on that. I think if you're going to eat food. They, they, you know what? Remember when Trump got in trouble because he fed like the Clemson Tigers, like all McDonald's and shit? And yes. then you looked at the spread and you were like, listen, I'm not saying I would do this at the White House, but I ain't turning down this food. Uh Trump should have gone all in. He should have had the ketchup fondue next to the Big Macs. You know that would have been saying? elegant. Yeah, that would have been elegant. No doubt about it. Uh, be honest, Luke, on this next one. What is the most appalling part of this photo to you? <laughs> the fact that someone got me in a vulnerable moment. <laughs> I mean, look at the ass crack on that guy, Luke. You could you could put a Susan B. Anthony down there. You could put Sacagawea down there, Luke. Wow. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could put his bag down there. He should yeah. just put his bag in his ass and then just call it a day. You could help the old I chimp mean, with the with the vomits, you know. What do you think they gave that that chimp? Like, I don't know. Poor guy, Luke. Poor guy. All right, let's they, keep it they going. Gave him, they gave him uh, proper 12. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Luke, I think this tried to set a record for the most times uh, DM'd to me, but I think people are starting to call this the Fremont Street Massacre, Luke. Mess with I've the Jacko. so many times, yeah. Get the Jujuts, Luke. Your thoughts on this? Well, yeah, I got to say, old MJ, not a not a terrible job at all, actually. Dude, uh, he's, a, cl- he's a smooth criminal, bro. Yeah, he is a smooth criminal. I know you've been waiting to say that. Uh, he definitely, it looks to me like has maybe trained before. Not very high level, and he's not very good, but he definitely is not totally unaccustomed. Yeah, but he's used to, 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 to use the gi like that, Luke. I, I mean, to use the cravat shirt like that, Luke, that's that's smart right No, it's there. pretty good. I mean, he obviously has. Is that a bulldog has, choke? Is that, is this, yes, is, am I watching Askren Lawler a, right here? No, you're watching uh, Pat Militich, Carlos Newton. Yeah. Yes. That is, yes. A, that, that is a bulldog choke, yes. See, I know, look, sometimes I know my shit, Luke. Mm-hmm. Although for a real bulldog choke, you want to have your hips in front of you so you can lean into it. But yeah. Well, Luke, the next one, and they say we're washed. Uh, check out this, Luke. Uh, power washer one, Karen, nothing. Oh, fuck yes. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> this is me rolling around the ground when I haven't wiped properly. I'm just like, oh, yeah. so Luke, itchy. what are the odds this is Florida? What are the odds, Luke? A ten thousand percent. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Florida, Luke, it is a different place. Uh, It is, Luke. uh, X Games uh, has hit the Everglades. Oh, you fucking idiots! (laughs) (laughs) 
Look, you just need to adapt to your surroundings. You know, that's what they've done down there. So I the... did this once, not with an alligator, but with a king snake. Do you know what a king snake is? No. King snakes are actually good snakes. You would like them. They're giant. They're, they yeah, have black. You'd love have... them, BC, yeah. No, no, hold on. They have like white or yellow rings. I can't remember on their body. Not many of them, but they're, they're largely black. But they kill rattlesnakes and cottonmouths, I think. They kill poisonous snakes, so you actually want to keep them around. But they can be a little bit uh, alarming because they're huge and they look menacing. There was one in the road and it had been run over by a car and I thought it was dead. And so I ran over it with my bike and then it snapped at me with its last bit of life left. So I felt kind of bad running over it, but I was, you know, 14. Like, what are you going to do? Anyway, Rattlesnakes and cottonmouth. I like that, Luke. That could be the... Uh... I had two cottonmouths fall into my fucking canoe once. Ever told you that? No, I was going to say that could be the tagline for a Dillashaw O'Malley pay-per-view. No, dude. I one time was uh, canoeing in um, in South Georgia, North Florida, and what ha- what will often happen is in certain parts of the of the of the area, the the cottonmouths will rest on tree leaves to catch sun and 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 get some sun. And uh, I was on the canoe with a guy who was disturbing them, not intentionally, but he was trying to get something. And then two of them shits fell in the canoe right in front of me. Two poisonous fucking cottonmouths. So I had to leap out of the canoe into air water. I didn't know what was in there. Oh, God. And then slowly no, no. guide the canoe to the shore, turn the canoe over, and then wait for those fuckers to go back into the water. It was it was not awesome. It was not I awesome. Caught a, I've caught, uh, or we have as a family, have caught four snakes, I think, since moving into this house in the finished part of the basement. How would you catch them? Reg, well, the cat, Reggie, the Reggie Jackson, that cat, you know, the, my my best friend on this earth, Luke. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a, he's a, he won't catch him, but he'll scout the shit out of them, Luke. He'll he'll know at all times when they're in the building, and uh, yeah. and yeah, Grandma one time just came out and stomped on it. Yeah, Grandmas, they're impressive. Yeah, they are. They are old school in that in that regard. Um, uh, what, what I had a, I had a question, Luke, about the cotton mouths. I think it was, uh, yeah, I forgot it. We should probably just move on. All right, Luke, uh, let's go to the playground. Yeah, fast. Yeah, I could have saw that one coming, Luke, right? Yeah, all right. Well, Luke, finally someone effed around and combined your two favorite things, Luke. Punching and booty. So, so I I know this woman. This is the woman on the left. You guys, yeah, you're of course, amateurs. yeah, you, you know, know her. Who. I'm sure, yeah. Her name is Vivi Winkler. She's Brazilian, and she has maybe the most unreal derriere you've ever seen in your life. And that's her trainer, who she is often in videos with. Did Did you also work out while watching this clip, Luke? Uh, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> oh god! Oh wow! Oh, I was gonna reference that weird comment. We were like, "No, BC, it's a nice snake. You'd like it." I was like, "Did you did you get that from the uh, Rocco Sofredi Netflix documentary?" No, 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 no. All right, no, all right. No. All right. Well, well done. All right, Luke. I don't know where else to go but a double KO to the nuts. Right? Let's do that. Oh, 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 oh no! Oh, come wait, on. wait. I saw I saw the one in the red hit the one in the black. But wait, 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 wait. Go back, go back. Let me see this. Oh, Turn into Fedor Mitrione, Luke. Yeah. Oh, he, the the ref is kind of obscuring it, but yeah, both guys just said, "Fuck it, let's just kill each other in the balls." Yep, yep. Well, Luke, here's footage of you crop dusting the fine folks in first class on the way to your middle seat and coach as we exit this week's shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> look, Luke, did you see the joy on old Schwarzkopf's face right there? Wait a second, wait a second. I don't understand. He just lit a firework. He didn't fart. Yeah, but that's what it's like, Luke, when you walk by, you know, first class, oh, and then see, you get I that see, you get that grin, you know, because they, they can't go oh, anywhere, I, Luke. I was waiting know? for some guy to come by and just totally let one rip, but no. No, it was more of a metaphor. It was metaphoric, Luke, in that regard, yeah. Euphoric, even. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get it. Luke, that's all, all right, well, you didn't have any drunk chicks or elder abuse, so that was a solid C+. Plus. Oh, wow. Wow. All right, Luke. That's uh Oh, don't we have another segment that I'm QBing here? Let's do it. Time for fan subs. All right. I got to I got to find them, Luke. I I'm, I'm not well prepared for this part of the show. All right. Well, as everyone knows, morningcombat@gmail.com, that's the place to go. You send us your fan subs, we get them in, and uh then we roast you on the show. And then the fans roast us on Friday on Dead Wrong. You know, Luke, I'm I'm still I'm still figuring it out. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm glad you came prepared, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just you know. Yeah. I'm just gonna let All you right. <laughs> Here we go. So yeah, Luke, every every Wednesday our people send us pictures of shit and Mikey Mormile, our great CBS producer, usually uh just puts them all on without checking them, Luke. It's called fan submission. <laughs> he gets so bitter when we say that. <laughs> All right, Mikey. Am I looking at the right? Uh... Yeah, I am, Luke. All right. Wow. This we'll just edit this out afterwards. Look, this this awful moment. All right, here we go. We start off, Luke, from Frank. Hello, Luke and BC. All the inebriated producers of MK. My name is Frank, and I'm coming to you, degenerates from Chicago. I have a meme and a selfie for you. Here's the selfie, Luke. Shout out to MK 1.0 merch right there. Okay. That's old school right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's that's fair, Luke, right? Yeah, you know, that's that's life. Yeah. Some people like the cinematography, Luke. You know, it is what it is. All right. Todd says, hey, good morning, gents. We all know that BC is absolutely desperate for a masculine doppelganger to boost his midlife status. Obviously, Brian's hat isn't enough to get Randy Couture into the conversation, but can anyone verify where Brian Dennehy was around nine months before Brian Campbell was born? Todd from San Diego chiming in, Luke. You see anything? I, think, I don't see. No, this seems a little bit much. Dude, you, Brian you Dennehy. Ha you have more of the grumpy cat frown, you know? Dude, Brian Dennehy, no one ever talks about him. Real underrated, Luke. Remember, did you ever yes. see FX? I love that, that, that yes. shit in the 80s. Yeah. Agreed. Right. But this is a stretch. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. Jack says, how you doing? I'm from Melbourne. Luke's Indian brother here. I thought I should point out with this photo that the Call Me Crazy fonts with the MK Fist logo looks awfully similar to the blowjob emoji. I'm sure that's an inside joke between the graphics guy and BC. I hope not that inside. Uh, keep Dude, up the good work. Is that a real yeah. emoji? The one on top? I, I, you know, I, I, Luke, I'll use the, uh, the laughing the tear, you know, the one, the crying one, cry, laughing yeah. till I cry one. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes the, the explosion one, but that's about it, Luke. Maybe the 100 once in a while. What do you use, Luke? I bet you do weird stuff because I'm sure when you text your Colombian relatives, it's all emojis, Luke. Uh, no, they, most of my relatives uh, are in-laws speak English. So it's well, No, it's not a language barrier. It's like explosion of emotion and love and... and 
No, this I is, usually use like the thumbs up, the fire, the crying, laughing, that kind of shit. You know, I don't really. Do you ever use the eggplant one? Is that supposed to be the one for hog? Yeah, you're damn right, Luke. All right. I don't. I don't tweet a whole lot of uh, or I should of say, hogs. I yeah. Here's uh, Zahidi says. Ten minutes after I submitted my previous picture, I watched MK's 2021 greatest hits, <laughs> and I was embarrassed, disappointed when I saw the sexy pottery scene from Ghost. Photoshop with the donks had already been done. I'm still proud of my version, so I'm submitting a remix. Um, yeah, that's disturbing. That's really disturbing. Yeah. Dude, I haven't been that thin since high school. Look at yep. that shit. Yep. I look way too comfortable in your arms there, Luke. That is. Yeah. Uh, I got to say your smile is very disturbing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, Kevin says, here's a couple quick memes. The Anthony Smith is a bit meta of a meme and may fly over Brian's head. First of all, says quick hitters. <laughs> MK when there's nothing interesting to talk about. I mean, look, Quick Hitters is a small batch of news, right? We have been leaning on it pretty heavily of late. Yeah, that's probably fair. All right. All right. And the second one, what do you got? What are you going to What do you make fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that no that's no that's very that's a deep cut right there. That's that's funny. You got to watch the show to do shit like that. That's why you got to appreciate these, man. You know. Yeah, these are some P ones right here. Some P prime pieces of shit. Uh, Jose A, it's Jose Afonso from Brazil. Luke, he's he he's always here. Just wanted to say thanks for the amazing content and congratulations for you two being the best MMA podcast around. It's great to see Luke happier than ever. I agree with that. And Brian getting in good shape. Well, the holidays took that away from me. You guys are my personal heroes. Yes, I have incredibly low standards this meme is based on the totally non-existing curse that's it now luke can go take a dump luke what is he saying here nothing coherent i mean he he swung big luke but he may yeah he may have come up empty yeah Oh, I guess we're doing a resume review. On, so I like Shavkat Rachmanov. So the idea would be our next resume review. No, I mean, I get opponent. it. It's not that I don't get it. I just think um, it's... Yeah, it's, it's just a bad joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, thanks for the effort, though. Don't mean to roast this guy, Luke. You know, Jose Afonso, great guy. You know? Never met guy. him. Never met him. There you go. All right. Uh, two more, Luke. Tyler's got a couple photos from the 412 here. Whatever that is. Is that Georgia, Luke? 412 i'm not sure as a fellow oh, football fan oh that is fucking righteous i'd hate to see luke turn his back on his team due to names so i have a solution unfortunately bc it doesn't have a hog in the name i prevent i present to you the washington washed i already sent dan snyder the picks and my arrest record i should fit right in with the washington football culture luke is this guy tyler on to something here he is very much on to something. I hate that organization, and everyone a part of it is garbage. So I like this. All right. He has, is that, those are his two photos, right? Also, Andrew has two photos. Oh, wow. There's a second one, Luke. That's, uh, that's an interesting idea. That's something right there. Okay. Uh, let's go to Andrew. Got some memes for the MK crew all day, every day. Love the show, guys. All right. Let's see what you got. All right. You know, okay. You know, I mean. 
I love this. BC jokes about midget nun porn while speaking in a racist accident. What racist accident did you speak in, BC? When I, I think when I did the the stereotypical Asian MMA announcer one, with respect, but you know, it got it got mis mis uh, misstrewn, Luke. Misstrewn. Misstrewn. Yeah, did it? Misstrewn. Was it, it an mis-strewn. accident that it was misstrewn? Yes, it was a it was an uncomfortable situation and an unfortunate one, Luke. Thank you. Next slide. Is that it? Oh, the last one, Luke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good job right there, Luke. Uh, Luke, I saw you. Um, I saw you memeing yourself when you said you've now watched Encanto more times than uh, Holloway Volk Two. Yeah, in English and Spanish, like like fifty times or more in English, fifty times <clears throat> or more in Spanish. It's crazy. I mean, that shows some real self-awareness to make fun of oneself, Luke. I applaud that. I guess. Yeah. Well, that's all the shit they submitted, Luke. It's all, it's all the shit we got. All right. Well, you ended it on the least anticlimactic note, uh, <laughs> or the most, I should say, anticlimactic yeah. note imaginable. So that's nice. Uh, okay, BC. Well, we should remind folks, tomorrow, High Court. High Court will be out tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Plus, plus... Friday, we're going to get everyone ready. Saturday, there will be the fights. I'll have a post-fight show. It'll be fun. We have a lot. So uh, keep it locked here on Morning Combat. Thumbs up on the video. Hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Give us a follow on the socials. Morning Combat's name is consistent everywhere. And then uh, we have slightly different names, BC and I, between Twitter and Instagram. Uh, as I mentioned, morningcombat at gmail.com for Friday's Dead Wrong at this point. You can get those in, showtime.com, for a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can bounce. You see all the merch there, morningcombat.store. And yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Tomorrow, on the lookout, me, Chuck Mendenhall, BC, High Court. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, Luke. Thank you to everybody who sent their stuff into morningcombat at gmail.com. I'm sure Luke referenced that. Hey, Luke, are we still up at uh, bestsportspodcast.com? I think we're still in the running for the the uh, best combat sports podcast of the year. And I think, look, I checked that they have like a running scoreboard. We're, mm-hmm. we're in first place. Hey, all right. When's the voting stop? I have no idea, but if, if our fans can definitely help us win a second major award at sportspodcastawards.com, you do a quick sign up. You don't have to put your credit card info information down or anything weird like that, Luke. But, uh, you know, then you just vote. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so there's that. And I think that's it for today. So I want to thank everyone for watching. I want to thank Malka, Showtime, CBS Sports. Oh, you know Sports. what you didn't do? We, uh, we, had some, we had some sound we were going to throw. Maybe we'll save it for Friday. You really just... Uh, just... Do we really need it? I'm going to really need it right now. All so right. You, you're just Friday. like, you're like, fuck this, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we don't have to play it. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll play some of that on Friday. We'll get you ready for the fights on Friday. It'll be a ton of fun. Watch High Court tomorrow. For Brian, I'm Luke. Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal.